This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. And it feels great to be reviewing another victory over Gareth Taylor's Manchester City side. Um, although it wasn't particularly pretty last week's defeat to Liverpool meant that neither club could really afford to lose this game. Chelsea started brightly, but it was City who controlled most of the opening 45 minutes, with Bunny Short in particular proving to be quite the handful for Khadija Buchanan and Chelsea's backline. However, a long ball forward from Buchanan was headed into the path of Jesse Fleming, whose positivity on the ball saw Guru Wright and lay it on a plate for Kirby to score her second goal of the season and to really curb City's enthusiasm. The second half was more straightforward. Chelsea regained control and a second half penalty from Mara Mielder was enough to see off City and kickstart Chelsea's season. And that is the title of tonight's show, Went to Mokings Meadow, episode 85, Curbed Their Enthusiasm. Um, on the show this week, in part one, we're going to discuss Emma Hayes' team selection, asking, are we the crazy ones for wondering whether Mielder and Ericsson versus Hemp and Kelly was the right call? In part two, we'll look at the tactical tweaks that saw Chelsea regain control in the second half. In part three, we've got one email. And in part four, we're going to preview the West Ham match tomorrow night. Um, now is an excellent time to tell you that we are recording live on Mixler, although they can't hear me, apparently. Um, so... You need to head to mixler.com forward slash went to Mo Kings Meadow. There's a live chat page um, and you can talk to me and tell me you can't hear me. And I can try and turn. Unfortunately, we can. Yeah, they can. <laughs> talk to no one else can. I'll see if that solves it. It's really echoey for us and for you. So I'm going to try and work it out next week, definitely. Um, Jamie, I've got to worry about this on Thursday. Um, and I'm not here alone. You can hear Dane and Jane are with me for the first time in what feels like forever. Uh, Jane, how are you doing? Yeah, it's good to be back, all three of us. I feel like it's been a very long time. I can't even remember the last time when it was. Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of time because Dane has been away jet-setting in LA and other places, I believe, in America. And uh, else? No, but, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. It was uh, 
it was started off nice August. We had a short couple of short UK breaks, one in Lake Districts, and then we went to LA for just under two weeks. And then we came back and we had to move house uh, within a within a couple of weeks, and that has been an absolute nightmare. Broadband, uh, Sky completely mucked up my, my uh, with my new package, and the broadband wasn't working, and it mucked up the data on my phone. So I've I've had nothing really, and if I've if I've not been under Wi-Fi, nothing has been working on my phone, uh, and it wouldn't even let me use any hotspots, you know. So I lack of knowledge of what's been going on with Chelsea Women's has been really really quite poor. Transfers took me a while. I haven't really ha- had a good research and looked into, you know, you know, g- have have good knowledge of them all. So I'm really playing catch up. Uh, my broadband started working again like about three or four days ago. So. It's nice to be on, and I think it's been about two months actually. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. Um, let's see what goes on. Uh, better for Dane and Jane, but not you. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, it looks like but they can hear Jane and Dane, so they can hear the answers to the questions that I posed to them. Um, now it's good to be back at King's Better, wasn't it, Jane? After sort of a long time for a competitive game, I know you went to the Spurs pre-season, but over four thousand in attendance, pretty good going, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort of nice and it was sort of a similar atmosphere to the United game as the final game of the season. Um, it just was good to be back and good to have a full capacity or near full capacity stadium. Yeah, they're a bit annoying that they moved our seats um, to yeah. let family and friends sit there, especially when the whole of the other side of the tunnel was empty. And we found out today that is staying in place. So we are no longer allowed to sit that side. Yeah, it's such so a new tradition will have to be the other side now. But hopefully the club will sort something to um, move them back. Yeah, I did get to see it in front of Tracy though, which is nice to say hello to Tracy. Um, but I feel like we're all like sardines there. Like <laughs> Whereas normally you look across and you've got your own space. Uh, but there we go. Um, so Chelsea lined up for this one in a 4-3-3 formation with AKB in goal, Marin Mielder, Millie Bright, Kadishi Buchanan and Magda Eriksson in defence. Aaron Cuthbert sat at the base of the midfield with Frank Kirby and Jesse Flavin further forward with Guru Wrighton and Lauren James supporting Sam Kerr in attack. Emma Hayes shoes four available subs bringing on Sophie Ingle for Jesse Fleming in the 65th minute. Eve Perisay and Neve Charles came on for Marion Yelder and Guru Wrighton in the 86th minute and Johanna Ritten-Canrid replaced Lauren James in injury time. This left Sakira Musovic, Jess Carter, Katrina Smitkova and Bethany England as the unused substitutes. Um, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 57% possession, 12 shots, three on target, one corner and eight fouls to Manchester City's 43% possession, 15 shots, five on target, nine corners and 11 fouls. Uh, Looking at the the team news, Jane, when it it came out, um, so AKB was a big standout, wasn't it? That was the big change that ever made. Yeah, and it was good to see her back as well. I think a lot of us have wanted to see her back playing since we heard her news and overall she had a brilliant game. You wouldn't think after what she's gone through, she's sort of come back with like everything going for her. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, that Musovic had a bad game either against Liverpool. So it doesn't help we lose the game. And she had one shaky moment with a cross. Then I suppose having that sort of reassurance of AKB in goal sort of helped the team and the defence in this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was a surprise. You know, it was a nice surprise. A welcome surprise, you know. We obviously heard the news in in recent weeks. Even I heard that with my lack of uh, 
lack of data and 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 whatnot and yeah i I, we, I did not know i did not know the time frame and you know the length of time it might be and, and how long she would be out but and it's funny because even last season we were starting to think was musovic starting to be eased in slowly uh, she had a run of about four or five games and then and catching come back in so again you just you, you never know with emma but yeah it, it was lovely seeing her back and you know, especially with a, with a couple of new signings, even though there was only one uh, in in front of her, but you you know you need that you know that experience and you know that nous to to obviously help players along the way, even though because you know as you said, as we're probably going to talk about Buchanan and 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 the game she played and her performance, but having Berger behind you as a defender is is you know is a, such a massive bonus. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit more about AKB a bit later on because I want to get on to the other big team news, which was Marin Yolder in at right back. Um, Jane, when we sort of previewed this game last week, we spoke about Chelsea being a 3 5 2 with Carter at right wing back to deal with Lauren Hemp, but she went with the four and it was Mielder and Ericsson. I was concerned about the pace of Kemp and Kelly for City against Mielder and Ericsson, despite all their experience. What did you make of that decision from Emma? Um, I think, like I said last week, I would have started Jess just from her experience against Hemp and Kelly in previous England camps. But I think playing um, Marin and Magda sort of, I didn't sort of have no fear and I was sort of quite positive still, although it was different to what I thought it was going to be. And I think they both had a good game. Yeah, they did. Dane, I suppose it was a, a brave call from Emma to put Marion in. I know she's got tons of experience, but... Lauren Hemp, one of the best wingers in, in world football, not just in the WSL. Um, Kelly as well, a great Euros. Two players sort of high on confidence, but Emma stuck with her guns and came out and was proven right. It was a surprise. We've seen Erin uh, play up against uh, uh, Lauren in, in recent years and and Jess, and both do well. You know, Lauren Hemp is always going to have uh, moments in the game because she is world-class, you know, she, she she's such a threat. So it was it was a surprise uh, with Marin with Marin Milder for me. I when when you're so loyal and have such bias towards a player, I struggle. You then struggle with your blue blue tinted glasses on to criticise. Uh, so it should have to do something exceptionally wrong or have a, an absolutely awful game for me to even criticise her because she's my absolute favourite. I thought she did do a good job. I thought she'd done really well. A couple of times, I think she was overthinking too much. There was a couple of times where she really done a good number. One time she could done a good number on Lauren, but then the next thing, the easy bit, was to pass back to the goal and she put it out for a corner. I think sometimes you can overthink things and over-concentrate things, but, uh, you know, this is a, that was her first start in the, uh, in the Super League for a while and it just goes to show, you know, you know, the class and quality she is and whether she's lost a yard or two due to those horrible injuries, you know, I don't know. But she, again, this is the captain, you know, I've always said, you know, some of the most successful men's teams have had like five or six captains, international captains uh, in, in that starting eleven. And Marin is an international captain and she might not be captain of Chelsea, but she can still play a, a massive role and such a great teammate to have. So, yeah, I was, I was happy to see her play and I, I, I wasn't worried too much. Yeah, I suppose, as Dane mentioned, Jane, she was an international and is an international. She played in the Euros at centre-back with uh, an ex-judge player, Maria Forrest-Dottier, uh, for Norway, and she was absolutely terrible uh, at the Euros, to be polite, I think, is 
that's the flight's work on Pulitzer was really mm-hmm. bad. And I, I just really wondered if the injury caught up with her and her age, sort of not that she's old, but she's the, one of the older players in the team. And her performance, as Dane said, was excellent, wasn't it? I think the one mistake where she AKB then kept it in, but Lauren got the ball straight away and she almost Yeah, that was it. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't quite remember if it went off for a corner or, or goal kick or what. Yeah. Yeah, but aside from that, she didn't put a foot wrong, did she? Yeah, no, I think her um Euro sort of time and appearances was influenced from the rest of the team. I think a few of their teammates didn't sort of help them there. But um, Sunday's game, she played brilliant. And I know we'll talk about her penalty in the next part of the show, I think. But yeah, overall, she had a brilliant game and didn't put her foot wrong. Yeah, we'll get on to the, the penalty in part two, I believe, if I look at my own script. Um, Danny, it was, a, it was a bright start from Chelsea, similar to Liverpool, where they started really positively, got the penalty. Um, in this game, we had a couple of chances. And then we really tailed off, didn't we? It was a bit of a strange opening 10, 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to actually become quite similar. Similar feel, similar style of a game when we play Man City. Uh, apart from the odd, the odd game where they've had uh, awful injuries, it, it sort of, it, we start off quite well. And then they have a period where they look like they're starting to dominate and we take our, our foot off the pedal. And then we sort of, our class sort of shines through. It's, it's, a, it's a funny old game against Man City. It's never seems to be where it's... Um, um, and unless... Obviously, I mentioned that that time we played them and had terrible six or seven injured players. Never a massively dominant performance by Chelsea. It's a it's a well thought out performance. It's a it's a structured and disciplined performance. And as you said, we started off quite quite lively. And uh, then, then Man City, to be fair to them, you know they they, they came with a game plan. Like just contradicting myself, every team comes with a strict game plan. It's just where it works. And they they did get actually the better of us. I thought they were. Uh, Especially with 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 Bunny up front, Kadita Shaw, she was she was bullying us for the first half an hour until it looked like we uh we, we sized her up and worked her out. But yeah, that first that first forty five minutes was was started off well, but Man City had to, had that last half an hour before half time. Yeah, and they and they did that, Jane, through Laura Coombs, an ex Chelsea player, and I'm going to probably butcher this Castellanos, the Spanish midfielder, who played well. in midfield three. That those two in particular playing as eights had all the space of the Kings Meadow midfield. And this is becoming a reoccurring thing for Chelsea. The midfield is a problem. Last week, we were questioning whether Sophie Ingle was the right player in that game. And then we sort of predicted her to start because this was more of a game for her. She came on and made that difference. But mm. I think that was a mistake from Emma not to go with Ingle at the base and have Erin stick to one of these two because they were the ones causing problems, not Kelly and Hemp, as we were predicted. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name. I'll let you deal with that one. I'm not even going to attempt it. I think she's um, but 10. I think Caller number 10. Do, do it again, Dean. Pronounce it again. <laughs> Castellanos. Castel- no, I can't do it now because I've done it once. Castellinos. Castellinos. Yeah, again, Dean. Castellinos. Go on then again. Castellinos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like her and Laura Coombs, they did seem to be the, uh, the problem in the mid- midfield. And like you said, when Sophie come on, you sort of saw that she did impact. And I'm sort of, I am gutted Sophie didn't start because I feel like this game really was sort of her game and she would have been able to sort of control them quite well. Yeah, we are going to talk about Ingle's uh, substitute performance in the second half in part two as well. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Dave, you mentioned Bunny Shaw sort of having the best of that first half. 
And it was interesting for me that she was up against Buchanan most of the time, probably because of the sort of experience of Millie Bright in the WSL and, and the strength. For me, she, it was really worrying because she looked really weak against her. She looked really nonchalant in a couple of challenges. Is there more adaptation time for her needed to get used to the physicality of the WSL? Because although she had a great game against Liverpool, she made the mistake there as well, rashing the challenge. Mm. I think she, although she's got tons of experience, that she needs to just settle down a bit more, maybe have a few more games before we judge her too harshly. Oh, without doubt. Uh, uh, one thing I would say, a massive bonus was her distribution. So with ease, she would come out of the back. Some of her passes, little dinks, little, little, little chips. She hardly gave the ball away. She amazing distribution, even if it was short passing or, or just a little bit mid, mid to long passing. But she, yeah, she, she got bullied a little bit. Uh, and for the first half an hour, and the commentators got a little bit excited because you know Khadija Khadija Shaw is is a very good player. You know she has improved heavily. I was when I, I remember first coming on this podcast, and and we I think we just played Man City, and I was very critical of her. I, I, I thought she was she looked like Bambi on ice at, at, at some moments, but she's she's massively improved, really really improved her game. And it took us a while to yeah, she got the better of Millie Bryant. The commentators got really excited about it, and I thought well you know things like this happen. Uh, but it took them about half an hour. I remember Cuthbert doing a really strong challenge, you know, not studs up, but, you know, a good slide, tough challenge on Shaw, which which got Shaw thinking a little bit because I think she she thought she was getting the, she, she had all the Chelsea players' numbers. But it just took Buchanan a while to size her up. And, you know, without going ahead of ourselves in the second half, Buchanan was much better. She just stood off her a little bit when she needed to be close and strong and pressure and, and up her, uh, she was, you know, sometimes you just got to be a little bit streetwise, a, a little bit of a knee in the bum cheek or something just to uh, let her know you're there and put her off her balance. I thought she was just being a little bit respectful that first half an hour, but she she massively improved Buchanan. Uh, but yeah, you're right, you know, maybe a couple of lesser games with, with no disrespect to future opponent, opponents to, to ease her in. But, you know, we all know her quality and... Sometimes the pace of the game and what you've been used to for so many years, years in, in, in another division, another country, another lifestyle. But yeah, I've got no doubt that we're going to see she's going to be massively, massive asset for us. She's, she's going to be amazing. Yeah, Jane, I know I don't watch any French football. I'm pretty sure you don't either. Um, but I don't know if that's sort of what's the issue here. She's used to having sort of the time on the ball. The way she brings it out is excellent, as Dane said. Maybe she's used to just being able to nick the ball off the striker in France and not have to sort of deal with someone like Bunny Shaw running through her. That's probably totally wrong. People are going to shoot me for that, but maybe that's an issue. But as Dane said, second half, I think she read the game a lot better and perhaps they had the analysis team show her clips of what Bunny Shaw's doing and how to counteract that. And then obviously Bunny Shaw got taken off, thankfully. Um, and Chelsea controlled that second half a lot easier. But what did you make of her performance overall? Um, overall, her performance was really good. I think the first half, she was a bit sort of unsteady. I feel like she gives me like heart palpitations because I, I don't know what she's going to do. Like <laughs> from the Liverpool game, obviously she's like gave away a few silly mistakes and obviously gave away the penalty. And I think the game in France is played completely different to the game in the UK. And I think she's just sort of adapting to sort of how English players play because um, I feel like she's still sort of like a bit unsteady. But when they come out after the second half, she sort of come out completely different. So I think, like you said, she was sort of shown how Bunny Shaw was playing and sort of sort of told what to do to sort of keep her down. Yeah, a buffer on 73 on Mixler says that Kadisha was never great in the air, even at Leon. And 
I don't even think it was in the air as much though that Kalicha was bullying her. Uh, mm. Sunny Shaw was bullying her. It was, it was on the ground, which was a bit mm. more worrying. Daniel wants to come in there. Well, the good thing about us, we, we've got through unscathed. We've played a very, very good team. Got a clean sheet against them. We won 2 0. And now Buchanan has got that in her locker. She, she's seen what Man City is all about. She's seen Lauren Hemp up close and she's seen Khadija Shaw up close. Yeah, it's taken her half an hour to, to get to grips with, with her. But now she's got that in her locker that is, as a massive bonus for us for future, obviously, games. Yeah, I mean, she's won five Champions Leagues. So it's not like she's a rookie centre-back we've just brought out of nowhere. I mean, she knows what she's doing. Um, and I'm sure we'll see even you know better from her in the weeks to come because we've seen great stuff on the ball as well, as we've said. Um, I want to go back to AKB because I think she was the hero with the first half. Uh, in the game, she made five saves, two high claims, 11 recoveries and made 13 long passes. Um, Dave, it was 33 days since she announced the return of the viral cancer and she's beaten it and back in the team. Just sort of an, an incredible story, isn't it? But a great performance and one we've come to expect from her against big teams. Yeah, yeah she's a superwoman, you know, brilliant. You know, you can't say enough good things about her and especially what you have to go through personally uh, and then deal with that and come back. But yeah, she, she, she's amazing. You know, sometimes... As I say, we, we question if if she's been eased out or or what's going on. Because obviously we're only reacting to to the team selections, but amazing and and one of the one of the biggest assets is how she always she so calmly comes for a cross, uh, you know, like a salmon. She just leaps up in in any moment. She puts out the fire and catches it with ease. And it's little things like that I've seen in really dangerous moments of the game, whether it's just for half time or in the ninety second minute. Her catching ability, her aerial ability is amazing. But yeah, yeah, long may, long may she continue being Chelsea's number one. Harsa Mustovic, you know, because she's she's going to maybe look at her future. But, you know, there's time from both. You, as, as, as a big world-class football team, you need two very good, very good goalies, uh, which we have. But yeah, Anne Catherine, you know, it's amazing. And it, it just worked out perfect for her. We wasn't expecting it. I didn't hear any rumours. Again, I've been a bit limited on social media, but usually I know not a lot comes out with, with Emma Hayes and and and, and rumours with the, with the Chelsea team. But when seeing her there, this, this game couldn't have gone any better. A nice clean sheet, a good performance. Uh, again, overwhelming for everyone probably. And it would have been nice to have seen her there for you guys as well in the flesh. Might have got quite emotional. Uh, I got obviously my, for you guys. My emotion was obviously when Marin took the penalty, which we're going to talk about later. But yeah, when when someone's had had the personal st- stuff that she's had, it's so nice to to overcome this with with such an amazing performance and a, a result. Yeah, Jay, I know it was more sort of maybe emotional at the Tottenham game for AKB. I think the news had been announced, and hadn't it that she? Had... Yeah, I think the news was announced that week and then we had the Tottenham game but um, she said at the end she was like I feel like I've come back with a new superpower yeah. um, it was nice to see her back playing and sort of back to the AKB we all sort of know yeah because obviously as Dane said we were questioning whether Muzovic was coming into the team last year because she was she made a couple of mistakes with the ball but this game I think with the ball I think there was one time wasn't there Jane at the end where she, it sort of was on the goal line well, I don't know if it was. You couldn't see that far ahead, but on the goal line, and she sort of then kicked it away, and we're just like, no, that this is not a superpower that we want. I feel like this—that's the AKB we sort of know that sort of 
like to have us on the edge of our seats. But yeah, I thought that was going to go over. I did think, oh my God, what's she doing? Yeah, we'll let her off that one though, because she did keep us in the game with some great saves. Uh, Dan, do you want to add something to that? Yeah, just something small. I have a little knowledge of this. What what people I think don't understand because they see, you know, the physical attributes of a professional footballer and their fitness. What they don't realise actually is they might be strong physically and fit, but they're actually push their bodies to such a limit that they're prone to to cold, to bugs, to illnesses because their body is actually a lot of their stuff is actually weak. What we see are the strong bits. As I said, the physicality, you know, the fitness and all that, but they, they're prone to pick up anything. So sometimes we need, obviously, especially within the women's game, I've noticed recently, you know, a lot has been talking about about how hard it is for a woman, especially in the time of the month, to, to, to perform and do things. And there's a big discussions that I noticed. But as well as that, as well as the odd cold, as well sniffles and hay fever and all that, you, they're, they're not as strong as, 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 as we think. So again, it's such a massive, you know, amazing and they can actually get through some games and all that uh they, i did think of a there was a male footballer who was, was it rudiger or one of them who was constantly he would have had a he had a cold every month i think it was rumored because where where their actually body is is not as 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 because they push it to the limits you know that it's not as strong as, you, as actually we think with a naked eye yeah lots um interesting stuff like that that people don't obviously at the time, you're just thinking that they're professionals and they should do everything 100% correct, even if we don't in our own lives. Um, let's move on to the goal then, because Chelsea did take the lead just before half-time. Um, like I said, a Buchanan ball forward was headed into the path of Jesse Fleming. Uh, she had taken it round the City defender, but then right and come in and passed the ball to Kirby, who put it into the open goal. Uh, Jane, it was sort of Chelsea under Emma Hayes, that sort of football that we've come to know and love that quick tap tap boom as we call it they really moved the ball quickly for the, probably the first time in the half since the first minute and got the goal and it probably came from Jesse Fleming's positivity I think just getting round the city player not being afraid to take her on and then it obviously opened up the, the pitch and the goal for Frank Kirby Yeah I feel like that was sort of the moment we sort of got into the game a bit more I think we just needed that one goal and I feel like in games before once we've got that first goal we sort of don't stop from there. And I feel like I can take a little bit of credit for the goal because I did say to Dean I was going to go for a wee and then I was like, oh, I'll hold it out and then we scored. So I take a little bit of credit for that one. Yeah, it was on the same minute she said she was going to go, but even though she didn't. So <laughs> Still counts. that's a new superpower. Um, just say in the minute you're going to wee. <laughs> um, Dave, it really sort of knocked City, didn't it? I think that we see they lost last week to Villa. They're obviously... All their key players have left in the summer. They're lacking leadership, I think. And the goal seemed to knock it out of them completely and turn the game around for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. They were questioned a bit by the, uh, the co-commentators, Karen Carney and, and a few of the others. Uh, in, before game, before the game about, you know, you know what, how their game moving forward, you know, the, the players that have gone, the players that have come in. But as we've said, we thought they had a really good half an hour. I thought actually they started the second half really well. Uh uh, again, before we actually settled down and 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 really stepped up a couple of gears, but no, you're right. They uh, it did knock them a bit. It's a great time to score just for half time. I thought Wrighton who had a superb game, yeah, overlapping on that left. Just just I think Fleming just about stumbled anyway, took it off her and put it across, and it was a, a lovely Franca, uh, a typical Franca uh, finish, which shouldn't be underrated because although it, it, she does it with ease, it's, it's definitely not easy. 
and yeah, it, it sort of knocks the stuffing out of you. Because as I said, you know, they come with a game plan. And I thought they were sticking to it. They, they were getting the better of us, and that must be obviously a little bit of a bit of a knock to the confidence when when that happens. But it's happened to City quite a lot, as I've said. You know, in my memory, quite a lot of games they've they've had the better of us. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you blink an eye and Chelsea one 0 up. Yes. Emma Hayes ball to perfection against fancy all the time, and they never see it coming. It's the weirdest thing. But well, Gareth Taylor, Gareth Taylor's at the wheel, as they say. Um, we are going to go for a break now, just as the teams did in the match because it was half time. Um, before we do that, we're going to tell you about our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea FC Wounds team. is available in full on our Patreon channel. Subscription costs five pounds per month, and in return, you help support the show. Get access to interviews with Tony Farmer, George McAlas and Matt Beard, uh, head to www.patreon.com forward slash went to Kings Meadow. If you join us after this very short break, we're going to look at the second half. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part two of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Time now to look at the second half of which Chelsea gained control of the match and City sort of crumbled under the crushing blow that was Frank Kirby's goal. Um, Jane, a lot of it, in my opinion, was the switch in midfield with Fleming sort of dropping a bit deeper and they matched up Laura Coombs and the Spanish player that I forgot how to say her name again. Um, 
that was the key difference, wasn't it? And I think City just lost all their momentum from that Frank Kirby goal. Yeah, I think Emma definitely had a, a firm team talk at half-time and sort of told them how it was. And they did come out completely different after half-time. And I don't think it helped. What minute did Fran score? Can you remember? 42nd. Yeah, so it was right sort of before half-time. I don't think it helps sort of any team scoring so close to half-time. Um, and I think City sort of... I don't know. I wouldn't say they gave up, but they were slowly sort of giving up. I had this really weird feeling. It was like someone had to do something for something to happen. Otherwise, they were just going to pass the ball around each other for the rest of the game. But obviously, Dame Chelsea are a bit like, well, we're one new up, so we're not going to do anything drastic to change the game. We're going to let you do that. Then City just never did anything different. I think Hemp and Kelly swapped wings for about five minutes. And I don't think they touched the ball and swapped back again. It was just a weird second half. What did you make of it? Yeah, I just think I, it's whether, whether they, they run out of steam or, or you know, their, their levels just dropped or, yeah, confidence, as you say, you know, they, they uh, going into half time having quite a good performance, but then Fran scoring that goal and coming out and just sometimes you, there could be a bit of disbelief. You know, they've seen it before, as, as we've discussed with Chelsea, and sometimes they think, you know what, this team might just have, might just have our number in recent years. And uh, yeah, as I said, I thought they had a, a decent start to the game, but I even thought like Kadida Shaw, like she started, she started look like she started to look a little bit heavy as well. Uh, and you, you're right, and it, sometimes as, as a team, you know, instead of stepping up yourself and doing something, you look around your teammates and see that they're not performing, and then your shoulders can drop because uh, you're right, you know. But, Chloe Kelly and Laura Hemp sort of swapped wings, and that sort of didn't get much going, and you don't know what what sort of directions and, and tactical, tactical knowledge was coming from, from the sides, from Gareth Taylor and his team. And uh, Gareth Taylor, what's it say? Something coming to my head, what you said. Gareth Taylor and tactical knowledge, that was the funny bit. I, I, I remember saying you said about the penalty that came into my head, it was quite funny. Yeah, and, you, and I suppose sometimes they looked at the bench for a bit of inspiration. And I suppose you, then you look and Chelsea just started to, you know, to put their foot on the ball and just started to control it. And as you're right, you know, they were sort of like just dropped deeper a little bit and, and was just passing it around nicely. And and for a while, City was uh, chasing shadows. Yeah, Jane, you could see on the sidelines sort of, I don't know, Man City weren't, their bench didn't look like they were doing anything. And then obviously Chelsea are in discussion all the time, sort of Stuart Searle and uh, Denise Reddy on the bench next to uh, Emma Hayes, always talking to each other about what's going on. It felt like they were waiting for City to do something for them to react to it because they didn't want to be the first to make the change. The change they did make was Sophie Ingle coming on for Fleming and that 1-0, Chelsea sort of seeing the game out, but it was a, it was a great change, wasn't it? Because Ingle, sort of perfect match, as we said, she helped Aaron Cuthbert push into a position to shut City down even more. And then that helped Chelsea even further control the game that City weren't really in at this point. Yeah, I think sort of we was waiting for them to do something. They were waiting for us to do something, although we weren't going to. For the only sort of movement I saw on the bench was every time Gareth Taylor had the moan at the fourth official or moaned about something that didn't go their way. And I think after they sort of broke, we brought Sophie on, I think sort of City, I think they sort of was giving up a little bit more by then. They needed to do something to sort of stop us, but they hadn't sort of pulled their finger out and decided what to do. Yeah, like seeing John Obi McKell come on for the men's team. The opposition just no game over now. No point trying. Let's get Bunny Shaw off. Um, and we got the penalty 
um, I can't remember what minute that was now, but it was Sophie Ingalls' volley, um, which was handballed in the box. Um, not that I saw it at the time. Um, wonder what was going on. But I see the ref pointed to her arm, so I knew it was handball. Didn't see where. Have you the... seen Gareth Taylor's interview that's come out? <laughs> I've heard something about it. I've not actually listened to it. So... so apparently because the ball was going out of play, it shouldn't have been a handball because the ball was clearly going out anyway. Um, basically just another excuse why they lost. I thought the volley was going top corner. <laughs> so he, was he was like, it was clearly going out, so it shouldn't have counted. Maybe that's like a handball. Why a handball. So bad because they're <laughs> learning stuff like that in training. The English players are leaving. Um, Dana, I'll come to you about Mielder's penalty because before she took it, Fran was with the ball mm-hmm. uh, at the ground. We couldn't really see what was going on, but I think it was uh, Greenwood in her ear talking to her, trying to put her off maybe, and then she gave the ball to Marin, and she obviously put it top corner. Um, her first goal in the WSL since the... I've lost it now. There we go. October the 11th, 2020. So almost two years to the day that she last scored in the WSL, she scored again. Uh, a great punt, wasn't it? Another great moment for Chelsea, emotional with the players as well, rushing to yeah. a great figure in the team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I was sort of rubbing my hands at another opportunity for Fran to score and, and, and potentially start the season with, with three goals, but quickly went to Marin and obviously people forget that she was, she is, well, she was the official penalty taker when she was regularly in the team. And, and I don't believe we've, we've seen her miss. Um, we've seen her take some amazing penalties and, and, and for her. And I, I, I remember saying at the time to, I was watching it with, I was like, Oh, Oh, she, I, she she doesn't miss she doesn't miss penalties and I thought oh, sh- damn it I've bloody jinxed her now haven't I uh, but it was an amazing penalty right in top corner and and you know the first thing I thought of must have been a relief for her and you know it took me back a couple of seasons to that semi final against Bristol City or Watford wasn't it and and she had that horrible injury and she'd been playing so well that season and stupidly the cameras had, the, the, the TV cameras had been left on a little bit too long before they respectfully took it off her and you, I could still remember the sort of the screams and the cries and 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 obviously when it's one of our own it's it, it's so sad and and you know we've seen players you know you know come back and take a while to get going again and as you rightly said you know she's a little bit older than than, than your average sort of player if, we, if we're comparing like horrible injuries in the men's team like Callum Callum Hudson-Odoi and and, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek that's taken them a while to get going again you've literally given them a season of just a, a Ruben had a season on loan he was not too bad last season and and he started off the season this season really well well that's two seasons two and a bit seasons and You've got to think sometimes it's such a toll on your body to come back from from these nasty injuries. And Mariners had a few. So, yeah, I was, uh, you know, uh, got a bit of a gulp in, got a gulp in my throat and I feel like a golf ball was in there. But, yeah, it was, it was a lovely moment. Again, it's so amazing to have been there and, and experienced that. And you're like, like we talked about Berger earlier. Uh with, with, with Marin as well. It must have been such a moment that they shared on 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 the time of, of that and even afterwards as well, you know, when 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 the fans sort of go away and afterwards if they if they socialise or, or had dinner or glass of wine or whatever if they're allowed to and just, you know, just just reflect over the years and you know, because you're unfortunately with, with professional footballers and professional athletes, you're always an injury away, aren't you, for, for, from being out for so long. So you really gotta appreciate these moments and 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 you know and celebrate them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jane, I didn't see the the Frank Kirby Marin bit um, at the time. I didn't see Greenwood there. I just thought I wondered why Marin weren't taking it because, as Jane said, she was the penalty taker, and then she gave her the ball. I don't normally like watching penalties, so then I, thought, I did turn around and I thought, hold on a minute, it's Marin. She's going to score definitely. So I watched this one. Uh, I was glad I did. It was a great penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really good penalty. Yeah, I didn't see Greenwood there at the time. I've seen it on the replay. Um, and I sort of did, I saw Fran pick it up and I was like, surely she's not going to take it when Marin's on the pitch. Um, and I'm glad she sort of got back on the score sheet after being out for so long. And sort of, she sort of got the comeback that she deserves after the horrible injury. Yeah, and that goal obviously killed the game off completely. Chelsea 2, City nil. Uh, I'd want to touch on a couple of players now that we haven't mentioned uh, for good and bad performances. Uh, Magda Eriksson, Dane, um, left back in this game against Chloe Kelly. I think she limited Kelly really well, only to a few crosses, which AKB dealt with excellently, as we've discussed already. But again, sort of an under-the-radar performance where she doesn't put a foot wrong. She had got forward really, uh, really positively as well. I thought that was good to see. Defensively, yeah, apart from them struggling with with, with Khadija Shaw, I thought we were very good, very solid. I thought Magda, as we talked about, and, and Melda played well. I thought our distribution early on wasn't great and it took us a while to get going. We were heavy passing, did some something good and then something quite negative straight after which which uh Emma Hayes did 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 sort of mention afterwards she was quite critical of of of, of a lot of our of our game but you're right you know we're we're keeping two 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 world class two such talented players in the game quiet and and that was our captain and 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 Marin Meldon you you know you you're right you've got to praise these performances because it can go under the radar it's so easy to get you know, to get washed away with 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 the hype, whether it's Fran, whether it's obviously Sam Car- Samco had a lot of unselfish running, bit of a quiet game, or obviously the Melda penalty and and, and Ryerton and and Lauren James with Cannon. It's so easy then to forget. It's, you can't remember all of them. You know what I mean? And but you're right. You're right to point out captain's performance. Sometimes it's the ones you don't notice. And you need to you need to praise it because if you're not talking about them a lot, it means they must have had a good game. Yeah, the next one I don't think was as positive, and that was Sam Kerr, Jane. Um, she was invisible against Liverpool because I think we played so badly, and I'm not going to put that on her. But in this game, she had a great chance early on, 10 minutes in. She was one-on-one. She tried to pass it to Fran, who was just surrounded by players. And then after that, I don't think she really had many chances herself. Should we be a bit concerned for her? Maybe there's a bit of fatigue. She obviously flew to Australia before the season started. I think I don't know she's flying again after this game against West Ham. But should we be concerned for her not not really starting the season very brightly? Yeah, I don't think she sort of had the best of games. Obviously, yeah, she bottled that first, um, the first sort of attempt she had, and someone sitting sort of near that end, she said, even the look on her face, she sort of didn't really know what to do. Um, but I think. I can't think if she how she started last season, if she started well or sort of a bit um, all over the place. But I feel like come after this international break, break, um, they're only flying to... They've got one game in London and one game in Europe, so they're not flying out, I don't think. Um, but I think come the next sort of league games after this international break in the middle of October, I think she'll sort of be back sort of 
eternal self and scoring goals that we all love to see her do. Yeah, Dane, she wasn't exactly stinking the place out, but when you've got sort of Bethany England on the bench, if he's not really working for you, you can make that option to change it up and bring Beth in, especially as we are controlling the game. But Emma decided not to bring Beth on at all. Did that surprise you or does that concern you for Beth as well? Well, you know, I, I did predict wrongly quite a few times that I thought Beth Bethany would go in in, in, in the summer just gone. I thought she would she would, she would look at you know her her age and, and and she'd we want to be leading the line and I wonder if there was an interest or you know we don't hear a lot uh, the odd scarce rumours but but nothing ever ever solid it sort of like filtered out last year didn't it but but she had a chance to join in Manchester United I think uh, and that sort of filtered out uh, no and obviously Jane just said she can't remember Sam Kerr I think she started quite slowly last season as well and and I suppose as a manager you're standing there thinking well at any moment there could be a through ball and and who do you want on the end of it or you know instinctly finish her she, she she's 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 a massive massive instinct in the box and her head in an aerial ability and I suppose it's so hard to take off your sort of number one striker at one nil or when when a chance could come and we've seen it with Sam before you know she could miss two or three one-on-ones and all of a sudden she, she, she pops up to score an amazing header or, or, or flashes a, a ball in top corner. She, 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 she's got that world-class ability and I suppose that you've got to make that call. But I'm, I'm not too worried about Bethany. You know, Bethany's decided to stay, if that is the case, uh, fright for her place. I mean, no, we'll see her. We'll get a chance. She'll get her chances. It, I can't contradict myself again. Maybe because last year we thought... When Bethany should have started a few times, and when we're leading up to midway through the season, you know we we were struggling to score goals. The players were looking heavy legs, and we were saying, "Why aren't you playing Bethany?" We predicted her to play, but then she got in the end of the season and performed amazingly. So you think you you will eventually get a chance? You know we could sort of talk about Jess Carter as well and say, "Well, you know, discuss what, what about her?" Uh, we're all going to get a chance at some point. It's just whether they actually perform and stay in. Yeah, interesting. I think you putting. Uh, hit the nail on the head when you said about could be a through ball and if she takes her off and then City scores straight away people in the question why do you take Sam Kerr off because um, she is a top striker um, we'll see what happens sort of going forward on that one the player I want to end with Jane is Lauren James who I thought again was outstanding for Chelsea almost had a great goal and she's really sort of showcasing herself as we said last week as the player that she is yeah I was so gutted that she didn't manage to get a goal for herself this game but I think, like we've said before, I really think this is her season and we've. this is just sort of, she's just getting started. Um, and I think she's an excellent player. She's sort of played brilliantly on Sunday. Um, and I'm hoping she starts tomorrow and hopefully she'll get a goal tomorrow because she deserves one. Yeah, Dave, we spoke a lot about sort of Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly, but I think Lauren James uh, in the Lionesses squad was showcasing why she's probably the hot talent in the league right now. And I think once that goal sort of comes with her, then the the floodgates will open. Yeah, wow. She can she can pull pull the ball out of the sky with her eyes closed. The, the touch, how close it is to her to her feet, it's just like Maradona esque. You know, you're looking at how, how she can turn like on sixpence and move and just she doesn't even look fast, but she just strides away from people and, and the ball is so close to us. Close control is amazing. I'm just so I'm starting to question what one what is her best 
best position because when she can do when she's got such amazing ability like that you'd want her as far up the field as possible to be in really dangerous areas to to to, to, to really like one-on-one -on -one with a defender or or two defenders in front of her so she's a lot closer to goal because but she was taking it a lot from deep and getting to the edge of the box and whether whether it was a cross and so it really reminds me what what ideas Emma has for a future position or if it's actually going to be uh, on the right side and uh, maybe a lesser team more, more attacking and more inside uh, or Man City more wider and, and a little bit more deep but yeah wow wow she she started the season amazingly again you know an, an Emma masterclass where she sort of builds them into it just takes her time doesn't she we've seen it with Fleming seen it with certain other players where they literally get a season some of these players just to yeah, just you know come around here train you know get involved you know I'm not going to expect too much from you don't expect too much from yourself and I know obviously she had there's a few rumours of, of off the field uh, problems and, and just struggling to, to to adjust to social life and uh, and her standing as, 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 as a young woman but you know wow she started this season she, she, she's in there she's in the 11 she's got her place and now it's if it, she's making performance like that she's not going to lose it anytime soon she's only going to get better and Interesting to see, you know, where where the England manager decides to should like to play because we've seen some some crazy decisions like Rachel Daly, who's not a left back, playing at left back, and now proving that by playing, you know, starting the season off amazingly. Now she's got to move back from from Houston Dash to uh, to Aston Villa and starting the season obviously a striker and scoring some goals. So it'd be interesting to see what English manager likes to play uh, uh, Lauren James, and uh, he's such a one to watch for, for going forward. Yeah, as long as she's not win back, I don't think that works for her at all. Because no. she's not, no. she's not explosive in that way to play win back and get up and down like that. Whereas she's best getting the ball at her feet and yeah, doing what she does um, too deep. She can make a mistake and you know she can turn into trouble. You know she it's like doing it on the halfway line or on the on the on the wrong side of the halfway line. But when you're on the edge of six yard uh, of the edge of the penalty area, there that could be really dangerous. Yeah, I liked the preseason game against Spurs when she played as an eight with with harder so maybe when she's fit again mm. and we'll see that because that was quite interesting especially against a low block team that we struggle with um last season on occasion um we did do a player of the match vote on twitter it had 196 votes um guru Wrighton got seven percent frank kirby got nine percent lauren james got 28 percent and akb was the winner with 56 percent um so akb our player of the match for the game against manchester city uh, results elsewhere, Arsenal beat Tottenham 4-0 um, on Saturday in front of 40, over 47,000 supporters at the Emirates. Uh, Brighton beat Reading 2-1 at the Amex Stadium. Uh, Aston Villa beat Leicester 2-0 at the King Power Stadium. Uh, Man United beat West Ham 2-0 away from home. Chelsea obviously beat Man City 2-0 at home. And then in the late game on Sunday, Everton won 3-0 against Liverpool at Anfield. In front of, I think, over 27,000. So, a big weekend for supporters going to women's football match, which is good to see. Uh, after two games, the table looks like this Arsenal atop, Manchester United second, Aston Villa third. They've all got six points. Then you've got Everton fourth, Chelsea fifth, West Ham sixth, Liverpool seventh, Brighton eighth, and Spurs in ninth, all on three points. And then you've got Man City tenth, Leicester eleventh, and Reading twelfth. Uh, all three of those teams yet to win a game this season or even pick up a point. Um, time for another break now. Before we do that, if you haven't heard already, there's a brand new Chelsea FC Women's fanzine coming out soon called Kings Meadow Chronicle. 
To find out more, head to at CFCW Fanzine on Twitter. Uh, and we'll be back after this with an email. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part three of When to Make Kings Mellow. Time for email. We've only got one this week, uh, but it is a good talking point from what we just talked about with Lauren James. So this is from Lacomwa Henry. Uh, my say is if Lauren James can stop crossing balls directly to the goal to find Sam Kerr in the same way Guru does, this could help her get many assists and wasting balls to their keeper. Um, I don't know if this links back to the Liverpool game because obviously the crossing was awful from everyone in that game. But obviously we just spoke about her having a fantastic game, being great on the ball, everything she does well. When do we start to want to see an end product from her and assists and goals? No sort of contributions to the team. Yeah, good question, Lacoma. If that's how, if Dean hasn't butchered your name, well, you're playing for Chelsea, so again, you know, we, we, we're sort of saying, well, with, with Buchanan, you know, we, we've got to expect that, that she's got to be eased in some amount of certain average performances to get up speed of the game. But on the other hand, you're playing for Chelsea, so these assists and goals have, and as a forward player, have to come have to come soon or you will be replaced. You know, as you said, Pernell, you know, coming back from injury, uh, Bethany sitting on the bench, you know, not getting any minutes, you know, there's there's certain options there. So if Lauren is not producing assists and goals, but it's just taken on a a few players, then Emma will say, well, that's that's not good enough. You know, you're a forward player. I need to see assists and goals. So it has to be, has to be. uh, As I said, I... Well, I, I like the question. Do I want her on the wing crossing it? I'd, I'd like a more central, you know, turning, twisting, and, and just shooting. You ever remember that goal that she scored against us for, for Manchester United? You know, back she turned on on the edge of the box, lovely in bottom corner with ease. And to be fair, I don't want her crossing the ball on the wing. Uh, but if she is going to be, if she is going to be a position, and you know, whether it comes inside or or, or on the wide, she needs to. Yeah, she'll, she'll have to completely improve. And if she does and gets her crossing, you know, we've seen players improved. We've we were talking about Kadida Shaw earlier, how much she's massively improved. So Lauren's only going to get better, but more games she's played. If you actually think she hasn't actually played a lot of games as a professional uh, a footballer. So she's definitely going to improve. We see the talent there. So if she's going to improve, then her crossing and passing is going to improve. It's only natural. Yeah, it is still very young. And Jane, I suppose we haven't talked about Guru Wrighton in any great deal tonight, um, despite her having a great game. And she's got an assist to her name because she set up Frank Kobe for the first goal. We've just come to expect that from her, and that's a, a standard Wrighton performance. Whereas I suppose for James at the moment, we haven't really seen what she can do. And now we are finally seeing that. We, we're going to enjoy the performances, but as Dane says, there's going to come a stage where we're going to wonder is someone else in that position going to start producing goals and assists? Um, you know, we've got Johanna Ritten Camrid on the bench. She came on with just for injury time. You've got Kirby who can play wide. There's harder coming back into the team. There's going to be pressure on her soon, isn't there? 
Yeah, I think with Guru, we sort of just expect her to get the ball, score an occasional goal, but she is one for the assist and crossing them in. And I feel like just as time comes, we'll sort of see Lauren's sort of true, sort of true style of play and sort of what works best for her. But I think with so many new players coming in, it's just going to take time to sort of for them to adapt and sort of fit into the role they're best suited at Chelsea. It's funny though, even you mentioned Guru, which again shows the development of players. She was a very good player for us and she reached a level last year, last season, but she became a great player. And now her levels are, are very high. Uh, she's one of, she's she, probably one of the first names on the team sheet. You know, some people talk about un, undroppables and and certain, and her levels have just gone up massively. She, she She's at the top of her game at the moment and she was amazing. Yeah, interesting because you spoke about the goal that Lauren scored against us, and, and that was from the left, sort of coming into mm. the sector of the right, or the right foot and scoring in the bottom corner. But she's not going to get on that left because you've got right and there is at that level, as you said, at that top level. Are you confident though that Lauren's going to reach that level? Yes, yeah, hard because uh, Guru is so is so good playing on the left. A lot, a lot of obviously players like to play on the opposite side to the to, to their, their their better foot. Uh, we well, we can only see 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 the way the way Lauren's going. You know, the potential is there. She's got a big move to Chelsea. She's got one of the best managers in the world coaching her, an amazing coaching team. So we're expectant, you know. But Chelsea fans are going to be expectant. The manager, the, all her family and friends are going to expectant. You know, she's got the levels there. You know, we've given her a stage now, so we are going to expect it. And. You know, nothing is guaranteed in life, obviously, but we're only expecting she's going to get better. I'm expecting her to reach high levels, but only she can reach them. It's not she's not going to reach them just because I said it. She's got to want, want it herself. And 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 I said, you never, you can't, you can't underestimate the coaching ability and and, and the levels that we, we can help her get to. But you know, she's got to want it. And she's got to allow this. And as you say, that performance yesterday against the brilliant team was, was so encouraging for someone who is. Uh, my state again has not played a lot of actually games as a professional footballer. Yeah, uh, just on mixed buffers again. You know, Erin was great without being noticed, and we've not really mentioned Erin once tonight, apart from when Sophie came on to allow her to go further forward. And I think again, like Wrighton, they're just hitting these eight out of ten performances, and we're just not even blinking an eye at it, which is mm. obviously great for Chelsea, but also for the players. I think we need to look at the bigger picture as well and think. Yeah, we're really lucky to have this level in the squad and players, new players that are coming in, you know, we've signed what five first team players and only Buchanan's really played because of the level that, that Chelsea have got in their squad. So, you know, interesting stuff on Lauren. Um, thanks Lacomwa for your email. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at wentzamokingsmeadow at gmail.com. Uh, if you get them to us on by Monday evening, we'll read them in the show as we've just done. We'll discuss them as well. And, make sure you get your point across. Um, so if you've got anything to say, that's went to Monkey's Meadow at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to take our final ad break here and then we're going to come back and talk about West Ham. Although by the time this gets published, we would probably play the game. So a little bit pointless, but we'll do it anyway for, for, for the Mixler crew. Um, so we'll be right back. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. 
Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the final part then of Wentzmo Kings Meadow, episode 85. Uh, we're going to look ahead to West Ham, the rearranged game, following the postponement of the fixtures on the opening day because of the passing of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, Jane, a chance probably to rotate and see some of those new signings we spoke about just then? Yeah, I'm hoping Emma does rotate the team and I'm hoping she starts Beth as well um, and sort of to sort of to sort of see a different team than what we're used to and sort of see some of the new players in the way they play. Yeah, Dane, I suppose the whole point about signing sort of five first-team players is that you've got the strength and the depth to make these changes because we saw last season when Emma made a few changes, at half-time she's bringing them all back on again because yeah. Chelsea haven't scored. We're hoping to see that's changed, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd leave Buchanan in there. You know, she needs to adjust to the game as quick as possible. No rest in there. Wonderful to see Perise. Is that how you pronounce it? Is it Perise? Perise, yeah. Perise. I wonder seeing her, maybe maybe Jess, I expect Jess Carter to be in there somewhere. The good thing about Jess Carter is she's adaptable. She, she's a, you know, defensive option in, in, in many positions, whether it's centre-back, whether it's right centre-back, right wing-back, right back. Probably, you know, we've seen her play defensive midfield in the past. So hopefully she gets a lot of minutes this season because she is so adaptable. Uh, I don't know if Lauren, Lauren James might get a bit of a rest. But yeah, yeah, as I said, it must be Perista. I don't know if you can maybe push her up and so she can get a good 90 minutes under her belt. She could easily play on the wing. She, she She's that talented. And you could put Jess Carter in at right back. But Svikova as well, Kankovic, yeah, it could be a good time. But, you know... Whenever we've 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 tried to second guess Emma, we've got it completely wrong, or I have. So once again, uh, her, her her team sheets are so interesting because it very rarely I don't think we've ever got eleven out of eleven. Have we on or have you maybe once? I think once or twice. Once, yeah, it's it's everything we expect. Yeah, probably go the other way. And we always say because she listens and then does it just to spite us. Yeah, just to annoy you. The yeah. Game, the game's obviously going to be played before she gets the chance to listen to us. I'm just going to check. She's definitely not in Mixler. Um, I think she's definitely listening. And, yeah, she's definitely she... not, because I can see the number there. Um, but, you know, as we say, you said there we can go sort of 3-5-2, we can go 4-3-3. Three, three. Jane, would you stick with a 4-3-3 three, three for West Ham or go back to the 3-5-2 we saw sort of at stages against Liverpool? Um, I think I'd stick with a 4-3-3. I think the four, back four works better. I said it a few times last season. Um, the back four, I just feel like, works better against teams in the WSL than the back three. Yeah. Dane, do you agree? Because I think West Ham are going to try and sort of sit deep and sort of hog the pitch. So do we really need five defenders on the pitch? Probably not. Well, not really. And if that argument, they are going to sit deep and you want as much attacking options out there as possible, uh, you'd have Paris out right back, wouldn't you? You you have Guru playing still. You have you have Lauren playing still. You'd have Kerr. You'd still have Kirby. You know it's it, you you want to go at them. Don't really don't you, if you know what they're going to do. So yeah, I, I've always liked I always like four three three. It's one of my favourite formations, especially with with Harder. Is she still out? Harder. I believe she will be. Yeah, uh, she was at the game, yeah. but not, obviously not in the squad. 
because obviously when she comes back then you've got a again you've got that eight old question well will we then play try and fit her you know that extra attacker in there somewhere and will we play a little bit more like a four two three one or or something but yeah i do like a four three three i'm quite happy with that yeah and obviously jane after this game there's sort of a long international break but not back to everton on the 16th of october important to keep the momentum we've gained from the Man City game going into that break, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's sort of a big game sort of before this international break and sort of a win will sort of help us get through and sort of come back for Everton a lot stronger. And it does seem like it's ages away to our next game. It's like, what, two weeks, three weeks? Almost three weeks. And they've had an international yeah. break before the season even bloody started. Don't know why they need another one. <laughs> um, so, so, Dana, I want you to imagine for the moment you are Emma Hayes. You've won the WSL, you've won FA Cups, you got to a Champions League final. You're thinking about your team for the game against West Ham. You've got one of the best drivers in the world, Sam Kerr, who's had a slow start to the season. She struggled, she missed a chance to finish a one-on-one. Then you've got Bethany England, who hasn't played at all really this season. She's working hard in training, but obviously not getting on the pitch in the games. Who do you start up front if you're Emma Hayes? Well, the thing is, you'd want to play, especially with Sam Kerr, you know, world-class striker, you'd want to play her into form. But the risk there is she starts against West Ham for argument's sake, stores a couple of goals. Then we have an international break, come back with a different player. Do you know what I mean? You 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 take a certain form and or you could then sort of muck up internationally. So we're all thinking, oh yeah, it'd be nice to rest this and nice to rest that. But but what for? You rest them for international break or you you rest them for you know, for, 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 for the international break and another manager. If, if you had a run of games and it, it could be so easy to, to go, I think you should still go with, I think you should still go with Kerr uh, because, you know, as a striker, you always want that first goal of the season to, to, to start that momentum and, you know, start the ball rolling. So I was even thinking about maybe resting Bright and bringing in, if we're going to play at back four, maybe put Jess Carter in there next to Buchanan and rest Bright. But what's the point? You know, this is our third game of the season. They're going off for international break. So unless, you know, they're really flagging, they, they know their levels, you know, they have, they have, they have all, the, all the people there with the right documents and, and the data and everything. And unless someone's flagging, I, I, I can see maybe Perise starting, but not a lot more changes. Maybe maybe Sophie Ingle comes in because, although someone just did say on, on Mixler that they thought Cuthbert played played well. I thought she did play well quite individually, but I still thought the midfield looked a bit lopsided until uh, Sophie Ingle came on, who, who then sort of calmed the ship and, and really brought a balance to the team. Uh, so I think maybe Sophie will come in and Perisay, and I think she'll, she'll, she'll stick with, with, with Sam up front. Yeah, a good point from Dane, that isn't it, Jane? You know, what is the point of resting these players? for an international manager, especially when half the time they don't listen to anything you say anyway. <laughs> they pick their players that they want to pick. Um, personally, would you want to start Beth? Or, or do, you, do you think Emma's going to pick Sanka? Um, I'd like to see Beth start, but I just have a feeling that she's going to stick with sort of a similar team and start Sam. Yeah. So the, here's the team I think that Emma's going to pick. Which is AK being goal, Perise right back, Bright Buchanan in centre back, Ericsson left back, uh, midfield free of Cuthbert, Kankovic, and Kirby, with Wright and James and Kerr up front. Um, 
the changes I can see her making from this is Bright out, Ericsson at centre back and Carter at left back, and Ingle in instead of Kankovic. Um, Cuthbert and sort of Kirby playing sort of a midfield double with her, even Fleming, maybe if Kirby doesn't start, but she's had a good start to the season. It's hard to bring those new players in the day. What do you think of that team? Do you think that's going to be similar to what Emma picks? He's furiously writing down the 11. So you said Kankovic and not Svitkova. Svitkova come from West Ham, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, well, you think you think you, you might want to give her a game against their old team. Uh, yeah, I just can't see how she, 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 you know, how Sophie doesn't sort of start Sophie Ingle. Uh, I, I, unless Cuthbert is the, is the future is, is, is what I'm, it's something sticking with now. She, I want her to play at the base of the midfield. I want her to learn. I want her to do this. And she's only going to learn by keep on playing there. And I said, I thought the midfield was a bit lopsided. Uh, and, and she looks, should, should anyone would be better having Sophie Ingle next to them because you're, you know, it gives you a bit of freedom. But she had to be so disciplined and she's got to learn that discipline now to be the one that sits there, passes, moves, uh, scans the defense. And as I said, she, she, a lot of time against Man City, she got it right. As I said, some crunching tackles in there when she won the ball. Very impressive, but still, you know, she, she's learning again. Another position she's uh, learning as she goes. Uh, poor old Aaron, but yeah, I, I disagree a little bit. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. As I said, it's trying to second guess her. I, I still, I still think the Perise and uh, I think Sophie Ingle will be in them. Fleming might be might, might miss out. So I'd go with the with the three of Cuthbert, Kirby, and 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 Fleming. Uh, sorry, Ingle. But then, and that means Cuthbert is 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 changing positions slightly because Ingle now steps into that that, that deep that deep base. Yeah, Jane. The reason I think Cuthbert's going to play at the base is because West Ham are going to sit deep. They're not going to really attack as much as sort of only counter attacks, and Aaron's got the legs to cover that. And then you've got sort of someone like Kankovic with the quality on the ball to sort of try and pick the lock, so to speak. Uh, what do you think about the team? What sort of players would you bring in or, or change out? Um, I think the only two I'd bring in are the two you said. I'd bring in Carter and Ingle. Um, but I think the rest I'd sort of keep the same that you chose. But we know, we know we're going to be wrong. Emma's going to go with the complete opposite team to us. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be academy players on the bench and everything. Just <laughs> players we've never even heard of. Um, on the pitch so we'll see how right or wrong that is um, come tomorrow night about six o'clock I think the team news will drop so we'll see uh, let's get some predictions then um, and I'm going to go first because I'm the host and I can wait there I'm writing down what I'm saying now just before you cheat it's not cheating so I can't see your pen <laughs> but I think Chelsea are going to win this game 3-0 yes. I knew he was going to say that Jane, what's your prediction? Um, what did they lose against United? 2 0. 2 0. And they were terrible, West Ham. Really bad. I'm going to go 2 0 again, I think. Not 2 0 again, but they'll lose 2 0 against us. Yeah, well, so we, we win 2 0. Yeah. Uh, Dane? Well, since you nicked my 3 0 prediction, I'm going to go 4 0. 4 0. Well, at least you're positive about it. That's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah. I always am. I can't. I've, I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm always going to say with blue tinted glasses, but 
yeah, ninety nine point nine percent, I will predict a win <laughs> and a comfortable win. Yeah, well, I think you can't not predict a win, can you? Buffer seventy three says four 0 on Mixler as well, so he's with you on that one with a positivity. Um, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Jane will be back on Thursday, not on Mixler though, because I don't think it's going to work for her. I've, I've worked out what I've done wrong though, so I know what I'm doing now. Um, but she will be back with Tracy Brown from Chelsea Pride, Kerry Evans from the Chelsea Women Sports Group, and Frankie Harrington from Her Game Two for one of our all-female panel shows looking back at the West Ham game. And then we'll be back next Tuesday doing one of our tactics podcast with Ben, a.k.a. Medicine. Some of you might know him from our Discord channel, uh, although I need to ask him. So you might listen to this first before I ask him and he can tell me yes or no. Um, what else was I going to say? I've got something else to tell you and I can't remember what it is. This is excellent podcasting. Oh, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at Mokings Mellow, me at Dean Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, and Dane at DWIT9. We're also on Instagram at Went Smokings Meadow. Uh, I'm also doing the Chelsea FCW takeaway on our YouTube channel, which is called, believe it or not, Went Smokings Meadow. So make sure you like and subscribe that. Um, now, normally we finish the show by saying from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. Uh, but I just want to take the opportunity to wish our condolences. And best wishes to the family of David McKnight. He was one of the ground staff at Kings Meadow who kept the pitch in such a great condition. Uh, he was sadly taken ill at the game on Sunday and passed away that night. Um, the club announced this morning, you know, Emma Hay said she spoke to him regularly uh, at the games and he'll be a face that will be missed by everyone around Chelsea. So our thoughts with the family. Thank you for listening. Um, keep it Chelsea. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 